I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey everyone, this episode of Don't You Know Who I Am is brought to you by Patreon subscribers Melissa Shook. Jason Mack and Daniel Webb. If you'd also like to support the program, head over to patreon.com slash D-Y-K-W-I-A. If you pay $5 or more a month, you'll get a weekly bonus episode of a podcast called Top 5, a brand new podcast that I'm doing where we'd count down the top five of any item. This week's episode had Tommy Daslow. It was super, super funny. We talked about our top five Friends characters. That's all from me. Enjoy this episode. And don't forget, support the program. Patreon.com slash dyk. W-I-A. Hello and welcome to Don't You Know Who I Am, the podcast that asks who knows whom, who knows what, because who knows why. My name is Josh Earl, and this week on the internet, I discover that when newspapers want some clicks and it's a bit of a slow news day, what they do in Australia is they write an article about the Women's Weekly Children's Birthday Cake Book and they leave me out of it. And I spend the next two or three days getting notifications from people tagging me in the article. So thanks, people. It's fine. There are a lot of right articles about it. I don't need to be tagged, but I understand what you're doing. Hey, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, what I do, I get four very funny people and I quiz them all about their lives. So let's meet them now. Our first guest shares her name with a New Zealand Pilates instructor. Can you please welcome back to the podcast? It's Susie Ruffle. Yay. Hello. Hey, Susie. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. How are you? I'm good. Do you know about this New Zealand Pilates instructor? Is she called Susie Ruffle? Like my full name? Not Susie. She's Suzanne. Oh, then I'm, I'm not interested. Are you a Suzanne or are you just a Susie? No, I'm Susie, like Susie Quattro. Yeah, I know that's, that. But that's, is that, that like, that. I'm Josh, but my real name's Joshua. But no, like, no, are that's, you... my, that's my full name. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I am pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Great. <laughs> How are you? Have you met Susie Quattro? No, I'm, I'm good. Not but how are you? I'm good. I've also met, I've met Susie Quattro before. She's very short. That's something that's very cool. Okay. Like cr- crazy short. Did you you say, look at her and go, that's, did you say I, that's too short to, to be a person. Did you ask her if she knew me? No, I didn't know you at that stage. Oh, okay. well, that, I'd only heard of the enigma that is Susie oh, Ruffle. Thanks mate. I am an enigma. You're right. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. Also joining us is a first time to the podcast. He shares his name with a Colombian man who was a technical control room operator. Can you please welcome from the band Art Brute, it's Eddie Argos. Yay. What's his job? What does he do? He's a uh, technical control operator. Wow. I get people from the Argos Argos families adding me all the time on Facebook. And I I think we're related and I'm not Colombian or anything. And I took my so, name, my surname from a catalogue shop. <laughs> so I have to explain to them. I'm not really an Argos. It's my made up surname. So this, this guy is an Edward. Are you an Edward or are you just an Edward? Uh, um, I made it up. <laughs> Our next guest shares his name with an Irish accountant. Can you please welcome back to the pod? It's Carl Donnelly. Yay. Hello. I How are you doing, Carl? Irish, uh, I'm good. There's an Irish Gaelic football player I thought you were going to go for. I think I did. I think I went with him last time. Interesting accountant. Oh, really? Yes, probably. Yeah. 
Loads of Irish people have called Carl Donnelly. It's a very boring name. <laughs> I've, I've not got a middle name either. My parents didn't give me and my brother middle names. That's how boring my parents are. They couldn't even think of a, an extra one. Or they just didn't know people to name you after. That was the other thing. Yeah, we both got one-syllable first names as well. So I, I think it, the, the evidence suggests my parents lack imagination. <laughs> And finally, is the only person in the world with his name. But when you type his name into Google, the related searches are height, <laughs> priest, and his dad. Can you please welcome to the podcast, it's Steen Raskopoulos. Yeah. Yay. I had a 50-50 chance of being the Irish uh, accountant, and I'm very disappointed that I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people want to know how tall you are, mate. 192, but if I'm going in for a casting, 180. <laughs> <laughs> really? They don't like uh, What's 192? That'd be 6'5", 6'6"? 6'4". You got there? It's very tall. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, thanks, everyone. I should point out to the listener, we're recording this over Zoom. We're spreading across three countries for this record. So three of you are in the UK, one of you are in Berlin, and I'm in oh. Melbourne. So there we go. So Eddie's in Berlin because... He's a rock star and that's where rock stars live. <laughs> that's why I moved in. Hey, our first game today is called Social Me, Me, Media. In this round, I'll read out tweets from the four of you. If you think you know who wrote them, buzz in. Your names are your buzzers. You get a point if you get it right. If you're incorrect, the person actually wrote the tweet, they'll get the point. So you can't buzz in for your own ones. Poker faces on. Our first one is this one. I'm one hour into Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and can say with some confidence... Sting. Good luck, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure, Steen, if you are way delayed or if you're just <laughs> fucking around. I think I've got a delay because I, 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 when I say stuff, there's a very long pause before anyone smiles and I think I've just fucking killed the room. <laughs> yeah, I, I think also, there's a delay. Uh, I've actually got friends who live in uh, Steen's area and they do all say it's got the worst uh, internet connection in London. That's the truth. That's genuine. I might try and move closer to my router and see if that changes anything. All right. Is it going to be a long, a long walk? or With how long his legs are? Yeah. It doesn't matter how far it is. He'll get there in no oh, time. Oh, Susie, go. You've got to walk Sorry. to the east wing of the house. No, Jeeves. No, I'll, supper will be later. Thank you. <laughs> He's just talking to his butler, which is great. <laughs> I, did, I mean, this could all be Steen buying himself time because he buzzed in and is still trying to guess. Well, I've got to read the tweets. <laughs> no, but I buzzed, I buzzed in before he even started the question. Oh, and you really <laughs> did have a massive delay then. All right, here we go. First question is this one. I'm one hour into Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and can say with some confidence I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. Susie? Yes, Susie. I think Steen wrote that. No, that is Carl Donnelly. A point Damn. there for Carl. Yes. yes. Classic. Famous for hating Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Exactly. Every tweet I've done since the lockdown is about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I had you down as a musical man. I I do like musicals, but I don't like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Okay, fine. I'm more more of a sort of uh, a new wave musical fan. Do you know who wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? (laughs) Uh, The film or the screenplay. Um, The same person who wrote James Bond. Oh, well, yeah, Ian Fleming, yes. Yeah. But the, the screenplay was written by Roald Dahl, of all people. The was it? The children's author. Lovely bit of trivia there. Because I was... He's also an Irish accountant. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was in Edinburgh doing a uh, touristy thing of just doing the, the bus tour around, and they were talking about the home of Ian Fleming, and then they said he also wrote 
chitty, chitty, bang, bang. And it was very yeah. funny to hear them say it in a very serious tone. It's one of those words <laughs> that you, you can't really say it in a serious, a serious way. It's about Another a flying good car, right? about it. Do you know the granddad in it? Grandpa Potts. He was two years younger than, um, what's the main guy in it? Chitty, chitty? Uh, what's the old old man now? The Dick, old man Dick, now Dick who's Dyke. in Diagnosis Murder. Dick Van Dyke. The grandfather was two years younger than Dick Van Dyke in it. Oh, really? The grandfather was... I think I've got... I think I've come on the wrong podcast, guys. My ex-girlfriend's granddad was the granddad from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Lionel Jeffries. So we could do a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang podcast because I with that small... Shall, shall we? <laughs> Josh, mate, if you could just leave the meeting, we'll take over right. and release it as a separate podcast. I would love... <laughs> right. But Carl, you get a point for that. Okay, Thank you. question two. I forgot how hard it is to get up and get stuff done once a cat sits on you. Carl Steve. Donnelly. Oh, I heard Steen first. Okay. Where's Steen? Internet connection's gotten quicker. I'm going to say Susie. No, you're, that, you're wrong. It's Eddie Argos. Eddie there. Oh, Eddie. I do you have a learning about Eddie. And thanks for knowing that, Steen. That's what... No, that's what... Yeah, I stalk... I mean, good. Thank you for... T- yep. I forgot I'd said that. Oh. I, I, went, I went back a fair bit. <laughs> 2016. That, cat, that cat's dead now. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question three. I feel like I've been tired since about halfway through year nine. Susie. Yes, Susie. That was me. That was you, yes, you dipshit. You don't get a point. You can't buzz into your own ones. Oh, what? No. Oh, man. Someone buzzed into me. You can start. Did you? Oh, but I'm, it's morning here. I know. <laughs> but it's like a te- what's, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, is it? But, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I have okay. already been up. It's fine. Damn it. All I right. thought I was going to get a point. That's all right. There's still time. <laughs> well, There's still time. Okay. Maybe this one. Maybe this one. Okay. Who said this? Hey, guys, I'm not sure if anyone has thought of this, but if you have a few very ripe bananas, you could make banana bread. Carl. Yes, Carl. I reckon, I, I reckon that was Steen. No, that's Susie. A point there for Susie. Oh. There you go, Susie. You so get a point. I'm desperate to buzz in then. It's like, ha-ha, I know who that's Yeah, <laughs> I could see. <laughs> I do love... On everyone, like the same things going around because I just thought banana bread was a real Australian thing. But I'm glad that everyone in in the UK is also sharing banana bread recipes. I mean, it's it's the easiest. Yeah, it's the easiest thing to make, isn't it? If like it's like sort of it's like the glass of water of bacon. Oh, it's a bit yeah. harder than that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually quite a, a I'm quite a good baker, so I do tend to judge people who make banana. Well, bread. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Question five. To the older lady sitting next to me on the tube who said sorry before putting hand sanitizer on her hand and then put her hand down her pants and rubbed her butt for a few minutes, I accept your apology. Kiss, kiss. Carl. I reckon yes, that Carl. was Steen. You are Steen. correct. Yes, that one was Steen. Yes. yes, Steen got one. Yes. Yeah. And this was before the pandemic. This was before. I saw that. This was like 2017. Welcome yeah. to London. Like, um, uh, yeah. Enjoy <laughs> our country. There's no one else on the tube. There's no one else in the tube, and she sat like directly opposite me. Oh no! And did it. Well, like her proper. And that mom. was not a fun time. Like yes, as in like down her pants, and, like just really giving her a go. Like a scratch. And was like, oh, sorry. And then didn't put hand sanitizer back after she's like it was baffling. Maybe she had an, uh, a bum infection that she wanted to cleanse. Mate, if she said, "Excuse me, sir, I've got a cheeky bum infection. I'm just going <laughs> to give it a cheeky scratch." Go ahead, love. I would love to have heard yeah. you say. Go ahead, love. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead, love. 
<laughs> but to only put it on before, it's you could put it on after. That's what I, yeah, mate, I'm with you. If anything, okay, that's where it started. If you're only going to do it once, <laughs> after, like you don't need your butt that clean. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, just wait until you get home. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I want that on the record. Yeah, you if you've got a butt <laughs> infection, deal with it in your own house. <laughs> Question six. Been doing some timeline checking and it turns out all the people who insist you should never use the word cunt under any circumstances are all absolute cunts. Steen. Yes, Steen. Carl. No, that was Eddie Argos there. Point there for Eddie. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that was you. (laughs) I thought it was Susie. Probably when you hacked Carl's account. (laughs) That's the mean then. I was almost offended that that was your, you guessed me on there. I don't. Think that, <laughs> yeah, I've never said I've never said the c word twice in one sentence. Oh really? I thought, that's, I thought it was a trick question. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was being very clever by saying like one a nice little one about Eddie about you know having a cat on your lap. That's nice. And now it's just like no, cunts are cunts. I used to be a very angry man. I'm a bit more. I've got the cat. I chilled out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Berlin. Berlin will do that. Berlin will chill you out. Next question. Question seven. Anyone that's ever tweeted a comedian to say, I'm coming to see you tonight. You better be funny is almost always a full time wanker. Carl. Yes, Carl. I reckon that was Susie Ruffles. It was. You are correct. Another point there for Carl. Yes. And it's true. I stand by it. It really is. It is 100% true. Is there an equivalent in music, Eddie? People come to see you saying you better do this or um, you get you get the same sort of thing. It better be a good yeah. one tonight. I'm coming to see you. I'm going to yeah. make it bad just for you. <laughs> <laughs> when I met my uh, wife's friends, one of them had a boyfriend who was a real fuckhead. They're not together anymore, so I feel fine saying it. But he was like, "I'm going to heckle you," and I'm like, "Cool, let's do it. Let's <laughs> let's see you do it. I, I can." I can do this. It's fine. It's not my first time I've ever done a gig. And he cowered like a little boy. It was great. And I love when people say that because you're like, well, I spend six nights a week in a comedy club. You're coming once. (laughs) You think you're going to (laughs) win? You're not going to win. Question eight. Sometimes while watching a box set, I think I could be more productive with my free time. Then I remember that there are people out there who edit together cum shot compilations as a hobby and it makes me feel better about myself. Susie. Yes, Susie. I think that's Steen. No, that is Carl Donnelly there. <laughs> Point there for Carl. I was trying to watch Steen. I was watching the microaggressions of Steen's face. And so... Oh, uh, I'm 100% committed to my acting performance. Oh, right, okay. So I was going to say, if not, you really enjoyed that tweet and you were kind of proud of Carl for it. <laughs> well, I just didn't know where it was going. I'm like, box set, here we go. I'll come show you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I won't use it. I won't say see the C word twice. <laughs> Compilation. I never thought about people do spend their time just putting all those together. Yeah, people just some unsung heroes <laughs> of the world and, edit together porn, just compilations for absolutely no reward. Yeah, rewards. it's not like YouTube where you'd get like advertising royalties and stuff like that. It's just no, they're just absolute lunatics. for the love of the game. Yeah. Imagine if, like, the editor of Star Wars, that's how he got his job. (laughs) (laughs) You did uh, mouth cum shots eight. Uh, I knew I recognised those jump cuts. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That sentence really made me feel uncomfortable when I said it out loud. It's too early in the morning. I've not... 
I've not had breakfast, guys. <laughs> All right, next question. Oh, wow. Pet Sounds is your favourite album ever? What's your favourite drink? Water? Carl. Yes, Carl. Eddie. You are correct. A point now, there for Carl. Yes. yes. Went down the old music route there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Only, only musicians can tweet about the Beach Boys. <laughs> That's why I did the compilation. <laughs> <laughs> are you not a fan of the Beach Boys? Um, it's just a bit. That, everyone says Pet Sounds is the best album ever. It's just a bit boring, isn't it? I, I started... No, I 100% agree with you. I started making like people's favorite album paintings to hear people's, other people's favorite albums. And ironically, the one that came out of it the best was a Beach Boys album called Wild Honey. So now I love the Beach Boys. <laughs> Actually, after being, oh. <laughs> I've been like grumpy about it. I, my thing with it is I'm like, okay, if you were around when it came out and it was like, because it was, you know, kind of revolutionary, whatever it was, you go, oh, yeah, this is amazing. But if you've got 20 years of music post that and you're listening to it the first time, you're like, okay, it's just... Some very nice songs sung quite well. But you just don't need to investigate it because it's always being played somewhere, you know? You're in a supermarket yeah. and you hear it. It's like the Beatles, I mean, yeah, it's like the Beatles too, isn't it? They're always on the radio. I don't need to go and listen to a Beatles album. I can hear it just by walking around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our last question for this round. Despite everything that's happened in the last couple of months, I still think Cats was the low point of 2020. Susie. Yes, Susie. Whoever tweeted that tweeted that like two or three days ago. Uh, yes, they did. Which means I follow them. So no offence, Eddie. Just because I've never met you, but I look forward to following you shortly afterwards and hearing both about music and cats. Um, I think that that was Carl. You are correct. Here's a point there for Susie. Yes. I'm still getting people. I'm still getting people replying about this just with just their opinion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is nice when you do a silly joke and people reply for five days going, <laughs> "What did you not like it?" I, was... <laughs> I actually thought it was all right. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I didn't. I quite. I quite liked the film. I think it was actually quite wrongly. Um, I think it was pretty crap, but it wasn't as crap as I think. A lot of people that hated it didn't know it was a proper sung through musical when they saw it. Okay, because Susie, you love a musical. Yeah, I haven't seen Cats. I was just playing devil's advocate to annoy Carl. Um, yeah, <laughs> we took our dog to see it, and we left it after half an hour. It worked. It worked. You took yeah, your dog to see friendly, it. Um, dog. <laughs> Uh, cinema screening of it in um, Picture House Central and um, so everyone brought their uh-huh. dogs there yeah. but everyone wanted to watch the movie but brought their dogs where we brought our dog so he could see other dogs you know and watch all the them. other dog uh, owners just held their dogs on their laps wouldn't let them play and our dog Mouse was just like hey what? Hey, why? there's dogs why can't I talk to the dogs I'm here with my friends and then he, he just freaked right. out so, so we left and then I think everyone was like oh are you sure it's not because he doesn't like the rum tum tigger? I should I should have asked him that. You're right, Suze. I um Mouse, do you like rum tum tigger? <laughs> What's he saying? He's, left, he's broken out of the house. I, I like it. it. When, when Steen moves into that part of his shot, he looks like he's on crime watch and they're yeah. shielding his he's identity. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it looks like he's going to start I'll talking. Like, his voice. I didn't know that they were on the rage. <laughs> yeah, because Steen is a real name, Susie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at the end of that round, at the end of the round, the scores are Steen Rascopoulos one point, Susie Ruffle two points, yes. Iagos two points, and in the lead on four points is Carl Donnelly. <laughs> You're winning, Carl. But this round, thank you, is called Yearbook. Now, in this round, we go back to our school days and talk about a moment that has stayed with us. And today we're talking about a young 
Steen Raskopoulos. Now, when Steen was at school, he had a teacher who, while teaching, would do something that Steen would never forget. But what was it? Was it A, they would walk around the perimeter of the classroom nonstop for the entire lesson while students would time each lap and write it on the board? <laughs> That's A. B, the teacher suffered from face blindness and would make everyone wear name tags. Every student would just swap name tags every single lesson and not once did Steen not think that this was funny. Or was it C, they were training for the Hawaiian Ironman, so for six months of the school year, they delivered all their lessons on an exercise bike. Now, one of these is true. You have to ask Steen as many questions as you can. I hope Steen is here. Are you there, Steen? Yes, I've just gone full poker face and turned my video off. <laughs> <laughs> tactics, this is not allowed. Tactics. <laughs> so one of these is true bear in mind steen will answer like he might lie because he wants to get your point you don't have to answer all together you can answer a b or c independently the floor is open for questions ask away um how uh what was the sort of average lap of the what like the teacher walking around what would be the average time it would take um it Ish, always to the nearest five seconds it always depended on the classroom because um, this teacher was a substitute teacher. So dad fill in, obviously, when a teacher was sick. So it could be a short period of time of like 20 seconds if it was a smaller classroom or a much larger time if it was a bigger classroom. How big are the classes in Australia? Yeah. How many children uh, in your class in Australia? I went to... Like between a, 20 and 40 I, seconds. I went to, <laughs> <laughs> you do the maths. Um, no, uh... It varied, I guess, in terms of like school. So my school, I think there was 1,200 students in the senior school, so from years 7 to 12. So there would be maybe like 20, 25 kids per class. Why, why was he doing it? Why was he Why was he going around in laps? Maybe it was, was a she. Uh, oh, I'm Betty, telling you. Why? Because teachers why, why were they? girls too, mate. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Cheers, Eddie. <clears throat> Sorry, dudes. The... Um... <laughs> <laughs> why why were why was he or she doing it was there a reason for it um we just thought she had or he thought she um, uh, had ocd <laughs> <laughs> um, did, it was never specified they, they if they had you, it but we just assumed whose idea was it to write the time on the board their idea well, or your idea well, just depend whose class because in like australia you i don't know if it's you like you change teachers per subject so it could be a different um what do you call it like a different student base per per class it was never the same classroom but i think what eddie was asking was it the teacher's idea to yeah. write the times on the board or was it the student's idea to write the times oh, on the board? uh students this teacher that was training for the iron man yeah PE teacher yeah PE teacher that was training for the iron man what so they were doing a PE lesson while they were on a bike no, we all were. You all were. What? So every PE lesson for a year, yes. you were cycling. Just in year twelve. So in year twelve, in your final year, it's elective to in terms of when you're doing the HSC. So PE wasn't a um, what do you call it, like a high chosen subject in my school. So we had a small class of ten. There was I think twelve or thirteen bikes in the gym, um, and just for our um, Tuesday class, uh, what do you call it, um, like theory. So you do prac, you do in PE, you do like prac and theory. Yeah. For our theory class. On the Tuesday morning, we'd have a single period of 40 minutes and we'd all cycle with him. 
And that is a him this time, Eddie. So. Oh. Cool. What, because women can't be paid? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I'm speaking for the lesbians when I say they definitely can. <laughs> they my people. They pee. <laughs> but it was, um, it was mental. And what about... Oh, sorry. Oh, go on. Come on, give us some more of your lies. No, no. <laughs> um, uh, face blindness mm-hmm. teacher. Was, um, was it like an official diagnosis or was it just something the teacher said they had? Well, they never specified it. So it was never like, hey, guys, I've got face blindness. But the first time we had them, a different teacher came in to kind of say, hey, this is how the class is going to go. And for me, I fucking loved it because every teacher, whether it be their first go um, at my name or a substitute teacher would always get my name wrong. So for me to finally have a bit of like, Everyone's been called different names, especially um, like we used to put like um, one of my best friends at school, his name was Shashika Athalathamudali and they'd put, and it was full name as well. It wasn't first, it was a full name. So whenever I had my name was <laughs> Shashika Athalathamudali on my uh, shirt and the sticker, the teacher wouldn't even have a crack. It'd be like, uh, shh, <laughs> shh. <laughs> so they, yeah. Okay. Okay. We had a boy in my school called Elvis, and every time we had a uh, relief teacher, substitute teacher, this kid would get in trouble, and they'd say, "What's your name?" and he would say, "Elvis," and then the teacher would lose their mind, saying, "Give oh, me your real God. name." And you're like, "It's Elvis," <laughs> and it's how do you think I felt when he best. when they wouldn't pronounce your shit out of my thumb? <laughs> well, we used to call him Shaq, so it was much easier. Cool. Do people think they know what the, what it is, what the real one is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a good idea. I don't know. I like the face behind this one, so I want it to be true. Yeah, that one feels <laughs> yeah. like the one he You're was very right, emotionally so... attached to. But then I know how I, I know how emotionally <laughs> manipulative Steen is. So, uh, all right, so, I'm, I'm just... Eddie, are you going to lock in oh. B face blindness? Yeah, all right. Well, I like the one about the going around the room too. But I can't imagine kids sneaking up writing the time <laughs> on a on a blackboard <laughs> like the teacher would notice. I think it's B. Carl, what do you think? I'm, I've I. Thought it was B, but now for some reason I'm gonna I'm gonna move my guess to C. You're gonna go to C, okay? And Susie, what do you think? I think it's it, C is the the vice the cycling class, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it's C. The correct answer was A. They would walk around the perimeter of the room <gasps> for the entire lesson. The lap lady. Baby! <laughs> so why? So you wrote down. We used to call her the lap lady. I believed it until the point. Yeah, and we used to have it. And when the bell went, Mark Gable would always stand up with a checkered flag and wave. <laughs> Do the teacher know? Oh, no, like, no idea. Well, if she did, she would never say so anything. She honestly just, primitive class, she'd start this class, like, hey, guys, this is what the thing is. Just put your heads down, don't talk, and just do it. And she'd just walk around the room until the bell went and then she'd leave. She would never say, like, you could muck up, you could do anything. She'd just walk around the room. Like, we're very well behaved, was it but... like an OCD thing, you reckon, or was it just... Oh, 100%. Aww. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we asked, like, some of our coaches before and they're like, oh, she does that in the common room as well, like, in terms of the teacher's oh, wow. room, So you, is, made, you made a woman's quite... mental health problem into a game, just to be clear. I don't... Hey, Susie, you're breaking up the... <laughs> <laughs> but you really wrote the times on the on the board as well every time yeah after every lap someone it'd always have to change so you the same person wouldn't do it but we found that you'd bring your own whiteboard marker to class 
because that would like cause less less um what do you call it uh yeah. like you wouldn't have to pick up take the pen you just quickly write and sit back but down did you what did she, did she did you notice you doing that she just like oh that's cool eddie i do not she never she never called us oh. up on it she never stopped us she's getting the steps in yeah that's what she was doing <laughs> but maybe for us as well, like if she didn't call us, maybe she was trying yeah. to improve her time. So maybe we were helping her physical health, Susie. Sorry, Steve, that's probably the most likely answer. I'm so sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of that round, the scores are Susie on two points, Eddie on two points, Carl on four points, and also on four points, we've got Steen. Oh, it's a close one. Yeah, bye. All right, this round is called Yeah, Nah, Yeah. In this round, each of you are given a fact about another person on the panel. If you think it's true, you say yeah. If it's a lie, you'll say nah. You get a point if you get it right, a point to the person the fact may or may not be about if you're incorrect. So ask them as many questions as you can because they want you to get it incorrect. So to Steen, Carl, Carl Donnelly was in an impro group called the Strokey Dokes. They got together drunk in Edinburgh, performed that night for, for half an hour where most of their scenes involved getting naked and even though they were awful, got booked for more gigs off the back of it. Yeah or nah? Carl, are you good at improvisation? Uh, not really. <laughs> oh, he didn't yes and, so that is a big clue. But maybe he's a good improviser and he knows that, so he fed me the incorrect answer. Either now, way. Sorry, can I ask, in the UK, do you call it impro or improv? Uh, we don't really, I don't know. We don't really have much of a history of <laughs> improv. Um, so, I don't know, what, what do we call it, Susie? Improv. Improv. What do we call it? Is it, it improv? Is that what we Steam. call it? In Australia, yeah, we call so. it impro, right? Impro, yeah. I think it's slowly yeah. changing to improv. Yeah, I think it's improv here. Yeah. Okay. America, it's okay. improv. It's, impro is very Australian. All right. Um, Carl, what was the team? What was the group name again? Josh, what was the, the, what was the team? Strokey Dokes. The Strokey Dokes. Yes, he was right. Do you know what? Improvisers are very good listeners. I think it's true. <laughs> You're going to say yeah? I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, the point there for Steen. Yes, it was true. Who else was in the Strokey Dokes, Carl? The Strokey Dokes was me, Benny Boot, yeah. um, Chris Martin and Matt Rudge. And then uh, every we basically were, Matt Rudge was booked to do a late show in Edinburgh. This was like 2008 and he didn't want to do it. And then we came up with a drunken idea to show up and pretend we were a, an impro sketch group. <laughs> and we, when we showed up, we were just pissed. And the, the guy who was running the gig said, uh, oh, right, yeah, um, what, what are you called? And Benny Boot saw that he was wearing a Strokes t-shirt and said, we're the Strokey Dokes. And, uh, and the guy went, oh, I think I've heard of you guys. And then, and then we went on and did half an hour. Every single sketch ended with Matt Rudge getting his penis out. And then, um, and off the back of it, somebody booked us to headline a gig, and Matt Rudge dropped out, and Luke McQueen stepped in as his replacement. And we did so bad and caused so many walkouts that the promoter then tried to complain, even though he booked us off the fact that we didn't exist. <laughs> That's brilliant. In the yeah, second show, a, did, did Edinburgh they tale. still get their dick out? Was that how you just ended every scene? No, uh, no dicks got out. But uh, in the second show, a lot of sketches ended with quite a racially worrying Nelson Mandela impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um, those crazy halcyon days of Edinburgh in the late 2000s. You know the famous um, kick football out, you know, yes and racism. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a point there, Steen. 
All right. Well done. Yes. Now to Carl. In 2005, Eddie's band, Art Brute, supported Oasis. During one song, Eddie would always start a sing-along saying the name of the other acts on the bill, followed by Top of the Pops. When he did this as a support for Oasis, the crowd took it as an excuse to start chanting Oasis, which they did for about six minutes, and Eddie <laughs> could not stop them. Yeah or nah? <laughs> um, where was this support gig, Eddie? It was um, in Hamburg, in like a sort of sports Hamburg. arena. In a sports arena, 2005. Um, so, what was what was the reason for the top of the pops? How did the top of the pops chant? Work? Uh, well, in I, I'm obsessed with top of the pops, so I have it. It's in lots of our songs, top of the pops, and I've always done it. Well, our first album was only 30 minutes long, but we were often yeah. booked to play for like an hour, <laughs> so I had to fill up lots of time. So I, often I would like say lots of things in a breakdown of the song. Like Should have got the Strokey Dokes waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they could have come on. They could have. Yeah. Who likes races? Been in a very <laughs> tight <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> well, penis is out at the end. To do some Mandela impression. The um. Went, it yeah, so I'd often like killed in Hamburg. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> but yeah, so I used to always chant the band's name, Top of the Pops, and we um. So yeah, when you say chant never... and Top of the Pops, you'd say like Oasis. Oh, what? Top yeah, of the Pops. well, normally it would be work. like smaller bands when we played smaller shows. So I'd like whoever we were playing with, you know, Top of the Pops. And then it broke down in, and I was really excited to be playing with Oasis. It was loads of people. So when it broke down to the breakdown, I started going, Oasis, Top of the Pops, Oasis, Top of the Pops. But I went, Oasis, and all 7,000 people went, Oasis, Oasis, over and over again. And I was like right. trying to go back into our song, but 7,000 people chanting Oasis. It's pretty loud. <laughs> it was, yeah. And then it was very, very convincing. This, but is it? Could it be another band? And you've just added Oasis into the lie. Liam Gallagher watched all our shows. Soundtrack. He was modern art. Also modern art about rocking out in an art gallery. That's Liam Gallagher's favourite art group. Did you get to hang out with Liam at all off stage? Yeah, they were they were still friends yeah. then, and we just finished playing and we went upstairs to their dressing room and i said to liam us supporting you is a bit like half man half biscuit supporting you too and then liam went our oh, kid our oh, kid like Noel used to play half man half biscuit when they shared a room so like liam and Noel sung me a little bit of the trumpton rights by half man <laughs> half biscuit it was very strange and i, I used to stand really still on stage in a song moving to la and liam gallagher stands really still in a song too and I said to him, wow, man, you're really good at standing still. And he said, yeah, I'm the fucking master of standing still. <laughs> and he didn't, move, he, he didn't move for like three minutes. He just stood perfectly still. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of lies going on here. Now, um, I've, I mean, there's so much detail to this. It's got to be true. I'm You're going to say, yeah, true. you are. You go, are yeah. correct. Yes, that is a true story. Oh, cool. Yes. Thank you. Cool. <laughs> it would have broken my heart if that was a lie. <laughs> I'd have been really sad. I... Also, if it, if it was a lie, you definitely should start an improv troupe. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also was on a festival bill with Liam. This is like two years ago when he went solo, his first solo album. And he would clear everyone out of the backstage. And I'm sure it wasn't him. I'm sure it was his management, whoever was organising the festival. So no one's allowed to be backstage. And then Liam would drive it. And this was, it was pissing down with rain and everyone just had to go stand either 
go out of the actual backstage area and go and watch the bands or just kind of stand in the VIP bar area, but it was all too packed. And Liam would just come in and just sit in his dressing room, not go out and then just go do his show and then be driven off. Apart from on the final night, he just kind of mingled around and wanted to know what everyone's doing. And he was super nice. And I'm like going, I reckon you were really lonely for this entire week. Just going, Oh, no one wants to talk to me. It's, it's boring. Sting. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Gallagher changed his clothes like five times before they played. Every time we saw him, he was in different clothes. It was amazing. Like that's got to be a stage outfit. Nope. <laughs> different now clothes. he wears, Maybe he's he wears shorts on stage now. I find that very strange. Yeah. Shorts and a parka. I don't, I don't trust someone wearing shorts on stage. No, yeah. Neither. There's a comic who I would not okay. name. who's a club comic in this country who in the summer always wears shorts on stage with sandals and I always think, you know exactly what I mean, don't you? And you think, I don't know exactly who you mean. And you think, mate, have some self-respect, put on a pair of trousers. I I, I love him. Yeah, me too. Great comic. But But he um, he, he, he looks like a sort of a a sex tourist. (laughs) Yeah, or a lost (laughs) PE teacher. Yeah, it's horrible. All right, so to Eddie now. When Susie was a teenager, she had tickets to see Destiny's Child in concert, but the night of the gig, her dad said he needed the car because of a local council meeting he needed to attend to argue about their street being issued a pedestrian crossing. Susie's mum told him to get a cab, which he refused because he said getting out of a cab, they'll think that he's lost his licence. Susie and her mum took the car, but now every time Beyonce comes up in conversation, her dad goes crazy about that pedestrian crossing Ruining the street. Yeah or nah? Crazy in love. <laughs> wow. There's a lot in there. Did, so your dad, there's loads in there. I'm just thinking about it all. Hang on. <laughs> so did, did your, your dad didn't go in the end to the meeting? Because no, he couldn't because he, he wouldn't go. He wouldn't go without the car. How, is that, was it a long walk to the, to the meeting? Yeah, sort of too far. Too far yeah. for it to be like a leisurely walk. But it was also like a principal thing. Dad was like, I want my car. And uh, mum was like, no, I'm but taking But he's arguing, but he wants a pedestrian area. Surely he likes walking. <laughs> no, he didn't want a pedestrian area. Ah, oh, I see. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay. He didn't want a pedestrian uh-huh. area because he thought it would like oh, sorry, slow he... down the traffic on the road. There's not a school on the street. He was just like, this is becoming... Yeah, Yeah, and it like creates more traffic on our road, and we had to like back out of our drive. So he was always like, "Oh God, I hate backing out when there's a big queue." So, (laughs) okay. And you and your mum took the car. You saw Destiny's Child. Yeah, mate. Yeah. And now your now now your dad hates Beyonce. Well, I wouldn't say hates, but it it comes up like sort of if she's on, he'll be like, he he sort of does it as a joke now. To begin with, he was like, ah. bloody pedestrian crossing but now it's like you know 20 <laughs> years down the line and it's just like a family joke the thing hmm. Hmm. yeah you know i believe that I you're think. gonna say yeah oh, were they good Destiny's, they were good yeah destiny's child when you saw them yeah great saw them three times yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you that changes everything <laughs> so you want to say yeah eddie yeah, I'm saying yes, I believe. I believe. You are incorrect. A point there for Susie. That uh, is not true. Although she did see Destiny's Child. We haven't even got a drive. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you really seen Destiny's Child three times? Yeah, so there's Destiny's Child three times and Beyonce four times. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Because you, you told me... They're very good. The first time you went and saw them, though, you picked out your outfit months in advance to wear. 
Well, okay, so I bought a jumpsuit. Uh, this was the story that I shared with Josh and he changed it um, because my real life wasn't good enough. No, I just want you to tell the story. <laughs> <with> the <laughs> last. No, I'm, joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, Josh. Don't get upset in Melbourne. Um, so I bought a jumpsuit, a denim jumpsuit. I was about 15. And I thought, and it was, it was kind of similar. I mean, not really, but it was the CNA version of what they wore um, in the Independent Women video. So I thought it was very cool. Denim jumpsuit with a zip up the front. I thought it was great. I bought it about three months before the gig because I saw it and was like, I've got to wear that to Destiny's Child. And you know when, it's kind of the same now, but you know when you're a teenager and you've got something in your diary and like you're constantly like, oh my God, another week, another week. This is so exciting. I'm seeing them soon. Anyway, the week before I was like, I'm going to try on my jumpsuit. And I'd grown like nearly a foot. Like I'd really shot up. So that meant that the trousers were now, like they'd divorced my ankles and married my knees. They were so short. Sounds like a little club comic, so, though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, his problem is that he, he's have divorced his knees and married his waist. <laughs> um, so what my mum said that she'd do, she's like a dab hand with a sewing machine. So she sewed on some... Um, some suede fringing around the bottom oh, and I thought yuck. it looked great but years later I looked at the picture and was like I look like a shire horse that's what <laughs> I look like I've got like I look like a fur on my feet and um I thought I looked great but looking back I think I I assume people laughed at me because it looked so stupid well you get a point now Susie you get a point so it's all yeah, it's all yeah. it's all been worth it it's all worth it isn't yeah. it it's all worth so it so to Susie now Steen was a very good junior cricketer and at age 15 went away yep. on a cricket camp. One night, Steen snuck out and went to the pub. When he arrived back to the camp, his coach found him. The coach wasn't angry that he snuck out and was wasted, but he was disappointed that while Steen was out, that Steen didn't pick up. Yeah or nah? Okay, so when you say pick up, you mean pick up a girl? Yeah, like kiss a girl. Oh boy? Yeah, okay. Not like... <laughs> Hey guys, come on. Uh, not like pick up drugs. No, no, no. Like, like to make to, the team to, better. To kiss, kiss a another kiss a girl. person. So how old were you, Steve? Fifteen. And how tall were you at that point? Similar to you, when I was fifteen, I had a massive growth spurt. Um, so it would have been like. So did you have fringing around the bottom of your trousers as well? <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> The question that I'm asking is, could you get served when you were 15? So you could go into a bar, you wouldn't have any trouble getting served? Uh, the can- like, it was in England. So, um, oh. Yeah. That's how so good it was, he was. It was, was easier to go overseas. To, it was easier to go into God. pubs um, in your country than, like, if it happened back home, no chance. But I was, like, six, I would have been six two at the time, at least. Okay. I... I think that's probably true. You are correct. That is true. Think... Yes, a point there for Susie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we. Uh... God, you must have been good at cricket. That was all right. Um, we we were boarding at uh, a, like a very very posh school. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like on top of a like hill, this massive hill. And it was my birthday the next day, so I was turning sixteen. And the coach goes, "Hey, I don't care what you do, as long as you're back by ten o'clock, just make sure you're back by ten o'clock." 
And then I went with like the captain. So the boys were like two years older than me. I was the only like 15 year old allowed to go. And then I checked my phone. It was like midnight. We tried to get back into the boarding house. We set off the alarm. So like kids are going onto like the oval because the alarms are going off. And then um, the coach uh, like yelled at all of us. We all went to our rooms. Uh, he opened the door. Uh, I didn't go into my room. I went to in a, blur, a broom closet. And he went, get the fuck to your room. And then I remember him, like you could hear him yelling at the captains and stuff. And then he came in half an hour later and I was pissed. And this is the first time I got been like drinking in my life. The first time I got pissed was a week earlier in Dulwich. We played Dulwich College. And um, I remember the coach sitting on the end of my bed and he turned the light on. And he goes, please tell me you were late because you were hooking up. And I said, no. And I said, no. He goes, I'm disappointed. And he turned off his light and went off. The next morning, I was so hungover, but it was my 16th birthday and um, I think I bowled like four for 13 or something. Like I was so hungover, but I had like my best, uh, what do you call it, bowling session of the whole whole tour. You also bowled out a future England, England captain, didn't you? Yeah, on the same tour, Alistair Cook, yeah. There you go. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very impressive. Yeah, very don't good. ask how many runs he scored that day, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of that round, the scores are Eddie on two points, Susie on four points, Steen on five points, and also on five points, it's Carl. Ooh, it's very close. All right, this is our final round. It's called Who 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 Who. In this round, I'll read out 10 questions all about you four. If you think you know who it is, buzz in. Your names are your buzzers. You get a point if you get it right, a point off if you get it wrong. Only round you can lose points. You can't buzz in for your own, Susie. First one. Good to know. Is this one. Thanks for letting me know. Who here once had 150 parking inspectors help them out in a fight? Carl. Yes, Carl. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie. You are correct. Yes, a point there for Carl. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was How come park- they were helping you out? I was a parking attendant for a second. When I moved to London, um, I didn't have a job or anything. I really needed a job. And you got paid for the training to be a parking attendant. So I did, <laughs> I did the training to get the money to pay my rent. But then I, I was quite good at like, the ex- you have to do an exam. And I got like 99% in the exam and I just failed my A-levels. So I was really <laughs> like, wow, I got really good marks. So I became a traffic warden just briefly for six months in Westminster, walking around Westminster. I was really bad at it. You have to give like 20 tickets a day. And I was given like Whoa. two tickets a day. I was just too nice. I was like, hey, dudes, <laughs> don't park your cars here. Really sorry. Off you go. Like all that kind of stuff. And then when you're in trouble as a traffic warden, you have like a, a walkie talkie. And if you say code red into it, everyone comes to your position to help you. And it was, yeah, it's cool, yeah. It was first thing in the morning, like half past seven or something, half past eight. And I ticketed a building truck because it was like school kids were walking around it. And it was like, that's dangerous. So I gave it a ticket. And they came down and threatened me. And I said, code red into my walkie talkie. But we were right next to the, the base where all the traffic wardens were. And we hadn't started yet. So out of this door came like everybody. It was amazing. It was like <laughs> the end of a film. Everyone just poured out and surrounded these buildings and scared them off. What's the bit with the Matrix? Matrix Revolution. <laughs> all, the, all the Agent Smiths come through the gate. It, it was like that. I thought it was going to be like your Oasis moment. And also, you said, <laughs> fight. And then I'm thinking, fight, 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 fight. Let's go. It was good. The, um, if you got in a fight, though, a code red, you were allowed to go home early. So I think quite a lot of other people might have been yeah. trying to get, get in a bit of trouble to start uh, a fight to go home. When you're so walking around as a parking attendant, can you wear headphones? You're not supposed to. I had like a little one in my ear. Uh, well, you're supposed to write down where you are 
every three minutes. Yeah. I'm on the corner on a of piece Conduit of paper. Street. I'm on the corner of, and in, in a notebook. This is a long time ago. In a notebook, and like, and in a little machine you carried around with you. But I used to write um, argument with driver, <laughs> forty minutes, <laughs> and then like sit, sit in a cafe and have a cup of tea. I put on so everyone was like losing weight because you had to walk all day long. I put on so much weight as a traffic warden. So I was just sat in a cafe, eating croissants, drinking tea. Like 40 minutes in the morning. That's good. All right. Next question. Question two. Who once got suspended from school because they argued over the hypocrisy of wearing poppies on the uniform? Steen. Susie? Yes, Steen. I heard Steen first. I was going to say Susie, but Susie buzzed in. So I'll say Carl. You are correct. Yes, that was Carl. It was actually on St. Patrick's Day and I got told to take off my St. Patrick's Day badge because it wasn't school uniform and I pointed out the fact they allow poppies uh, and then me and the deputy head entered into quite a, a big argument that I ended up getting suspended for four days. Did the deputy code red? <laughs> He'd code red, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it, was quite, uh, it was good. I mean, I won, the, I won the argument technically, but he won the war. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. Who here has broken their arm four times? Susie? Yes, Susie. Steen? Yes, he has. Yes. Point there for Susie. How did you know that? Just sporty, long limbs, lots to break. How did Josh, how did you know that? (laughs) Uh, You told me last time you were on the show and I didn't use it. Fair play. (laughs) And they're all broken before the age of? Like six? You told me seven, but I'll go with six. Yeah, that's right. How did you keep doing that? There was one where I broke my left arm and then I got the cast on the Saturday and then I broke the right arm on the Sunday and child services were called because they thought my parents were beating me. But how were you Your breaking Your mum and dad must have been like, Sting, for God's sake! <laughs> <laughs> I was just like roller skating so much... and basketball and like, yeah, cricket. Just I, was so prone. Prone. I was so extra prone as a child but so sporty that I, whenever I went out on my bike I would often fall off of it. And mum said to me, if you go out on your bike again and fall off of it, if you come home with the greys, I'm taking your bike off of you for a month. And so I went out on my bike, went down a hill, came off the bike, like cut my chin and there was like blood on my top. And so I thought, I thought I'm, I'm smarter than this. So I just went home, just turned my top around. So there was just like blood coming, <laughs> it was coming out of my back. So I came in and mum was like, what's happened? I was like, nothing. Don't take my bike. <laughs> Question for who almost had a panic attack in a pitch black toilet because they accidentally turned on the hand dryer? <laughs> Susie. Yes, Susie. Eddie? No, that was Carl. Point <laughs> off Susie there. <laughs> that was it's well scary. I was in a coffee shop in uh, London. I went into they had one of them tiny little toilets and the door shut behind me and there was no light came on. So it was totally dark and I suddenly couldn't find the door and then my elbow went under a sensor and the <laughs> hand dryer went off. And I was suddenly just in a really, a totally pitch black, dark, really loud room. And uh, it was just, it was like sensory overload. Oh, Question five. Whose mum let slip about their marriage proposal? Carl. Yes, Carl. Uh, Susie. You are correct. Yes, a point there for Carl. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, my, uh, uh, I, my girlfriend was going to, my, my girlfriend asked my mum for her permission to propose to me. And then mum said to me, oh, I reckon you should propose because Alice is the girly one. Which is true. Alice is the girly one, and mum, mum's got a very specific idea of gender. (laughs) I wear trousers more. (laughs) 
Question six. Who almost vomited on some art at the Met in New York? Steen. Yes, Steen. I'm going to say Mr. Worldwide, Eddie? No, that was Susie, a point off Steen. I got, I was so hungover with Tom Allen in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. He's a comic in the UK, Eddie. And um, we went to an exhibition. And similar to you, Carl, it was sort of sensory overload. We went to an exhibition on camp culture. And there was like rainbow lights and disco balls and Kylie blasting out and like loads of fashion and Karl Lagerfeld stuff. And it was all really like camp, 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 camp. And I was like, Tom, I'm so hungover. I need to go and be sick. And then I did. And then I had to stand on the roof of the Metropolitan Museum of Art until I was convinced that I wouldn't throw up getting in the elevator. It was a lovely holiday. (laughs) Did any security know that you were going to throw up or was it like? Uh, No, like, no, I think I just sort of, whizzed in to the women's bathrooms quite quickly but then it was quite embarrassing because it was pride weekend and um, I didn't want people to know that I had essentially poisoned myself from having a good time so I had to sort of try and do my voms over the flushes but it was a sensor so yeah. it, 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 was, it was it was a lot it was a lot i reckon that would be the safest place to vomit though susie because tom could have just been like performance art as you just kept vomiting all <laughs> yeah i mean you'd be like, oh my god look at this it's amazing <laughs> like... <laughs> because eddie got in trouble at the tate for being excited about the artwork yeah i was jumping i wasn't going to be sick i was just like invigorated by it and like enthusing about it and they told me off they said hey you can't hey stop mucking about <laughs> i'm not i was just really excited about a big hockney painting <laughs> yeah we wrote a song about that were you putting a parking ticket on it i was putting, I was putting a parking ticket <laughs> on it yeah yeah code red we all came in 150 yeah yeah but i'm never sick i have a big thing in one of our songs about tasting a painting about licking it but what's the point of an art gallery if you can't taste the paintings, uh, you should be able to I've got that them. tattooed on my back. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Who purposely tried to fail a sociology assignment by writing exclusively about the TV show, The A-Team? Carl. Yes, I Carl. Eddie. You are correct. Another point there for Carl. Yes. I feel like I've really got to know Eddie during this podcast. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I'm bringing people together. It was all of my A-level results. It was like 80% of the, my A-level. And it wasn't, I didn't fail because it was the A-team. I failed because I based the, um, I based the conclusion around the song My Way by Frank Sinatra because a friend <laughs> dared me to. So it began like, regrets, comma. I've had a few during this piece of coursework. And it ended <laughs> with me saying, um, I used the library and the information superhighway, but more... Much more than this, I did it my way. <laughs> I got a U, I got ungraded. It's like nearly impossible to get. Harder to get, I would argue, than an A. <laughs> yeah. It's an asterisk in Australia. I got a U. Yeah, ungraded. Next question. Who here got salmonella poisoning just before a flight from LA to New York, which due to bad weather, circled in the air for an extra 10 hours and then landed in Salt Lake City? Susie? Yes, Susie. Is it Eddie? No, that's Steen. A point off, Susie. Oh, it was right. the worst. That sounds rough. It was yeah. uh, oh. LA to New York, and we already like we had vomiting and other things for 24 hours, and we already booked like flight. There were no other flights for the next three days, and we would pay for the accommodation and first time going to you know, 
And it was just, it was supposed to be like a seven hour flight from LA to New York, I think, or eight hours. And it ended up being 11 hours and no one was saying anything. The plane was just circling. You could just see it circling. And then the plane just dropped out of like nowhere, a couple of <gasps> hundred feet. There was lightning crashing. Everyone's screaming. Like 30 oh minutes later, gosh. no one's saying anything. We land in Salt Lake City. And as soon as we land, the captain's like, you may have noticed uh, some turbulence just back before. And they're like, get fucking out. And then when the tarmac for two, two and a half, three hours, the toilets are out. They'd given out all the food, all the water. So you couldn't do oh anything. Um, and then we eventually like uh, took back off to, to New York. And when we got to New York, my bag was open. All my clothes were going around the carousel. But I had like no emotion left to just give a... F- yeah, it was the worst. <laughs> Next question. Who at 13 was working illegally in a bar collecting glasses? Steen. Yes, Steen. Carl? Yes, you are correct. Point there for Steen. Oh, yeah. Well, you just a glassy. Just Well, yeah, just um, I started working in an Irish social club in Tootin Broadway and then uh, got the taste for it. I ended up working loads. I was, I was illegally working late nights to just make a bit of that, mate. Yeah. At 14 and 15, I also worked in a bar. My mum was the licensee of a bar. And all I remember... Yeah, it is. All I remember is she gave me a glass. I've got one here. And she said, okay, put the hand on the bottom part. That's your part. That's their part. Never touch the top part of the glass. That's it. in my brain to this day, which is like like a sort of... uh, 24 years later. ...representation of capitalism. (laughs) <laughs> for everyone at home listening, Josh picked up a glass and he held the bottom of the glass. Then yes. he picked up the top bit of the glass and held the top bit of glass, then went back to touching the bottom bit of the glass. It's a real glass half full, glass empty kind of thing. <laughs> All right, and this is our final question for the game. Who wrote to M15 as a nine year old asking how to be a spy and they responded saying it was a secret? Carl. Yes, that Carl. Was Susie. No, that was Eddie. A point off Carl there. Oh, am I, am I Eddie, yeah, yeah. you've changed, Eddie. I thought I knew you. <laughs> <laughs> I was very young. I was like, I think I was like 10. I wrote to GCHQ and MI5. I wanted to be James Bond. It's like, hey, how did you become a spy? And they said, we can't tell you. It's a secret, basically. They did reply that? The response. Yeah. And so instead you dated the guy from Chi Chi Bang Bang's daughter. So <laughs> <laughs> it all came around. So they replied. That's awesome. That's what really, happened? Yeah, they did. They, 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 it literally said, we cannot tell you it's a secret, yeah. but it was nice. Do you reckon they've got that on file? And we've like, we've got another one. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I became a spy. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe I'm secretly spying. I reckon it's a test now. that people, one day there's they a lot of um, yeah. like, no, you didn't get it. Sorry. But if you put on like a blue or black light, it's like, hey, welcome to the. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I covered it like, like over lemon candles. juice on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The comes out. yeah. Oh, or one I'm day they spy. just appear at your door <laughs> and they go, right. It's, it's time. <laughs> oh, no. Also, Changed at, my mind. at the end of the game, here are the scores. The scores are Eddie Argos on two points, Susie Ruffle oh. on three points, Steen Raskopoulos on six points, but our winner on seven points is Carl Donnelly. Yay. Yeah. Thank you for playing Don't You Know Who I Am. Now, Carl, because you win, you can plug whatever you want to plug first. You've got a podcast people can listen to? Um, I've got a podcast called Two Vegan Idiots with a comedian Julian Dean. We're both vegans, but we don't. We never actually mention it on the podcast. So <laughs> sort of, it's just us being idiots and chatting to people. Great, Steen. Where can people see you or hear you? Uh, you can find me on PlayStation Four Rasto, Rasco Rocket. Um, <laughs> if you want a bit of an adventure or play a bit of FIFA. 
<laughs> Susie, where can people hear you? Uh, I have a podcast you. with uh, Tom Allen called Like-Minded Friends, uh, which is just us chatting. And I have another podcast called Out with Susie Ruffle, which is a new one where I interview inspiring people. Excellent. Haven't got the call up yet, Eddie. Susie. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> haven't, haven't got the call up yet, so I just... Uh... Uh, you have to be gay, so as soon as you come out, give me a call. <laughs> And Eddie, where can people see or hear you? Uh, nowhere at the moment. Yeah, we're all locked in. <laughs> I don't know. I've managed to be on tour at the moment. Can, um, can I do I a massive a plug? I've just started a podcast. Oh, you have? Oh, oh great. Yeah, yeah. I was going to do a massive plug for your band, Art Brute, one of my favourite bands. Don't do that. That's better. Go listen uh, to Art thanks, Brute man. stuff. Buy their albums. They're very, very great. Okay? They're exactly Thank the you. kind of music I like. Narrative rock. It's very good. I like it. Narrative rock. That's what it is. Yeah. You tell stories now, and now, it rocks. Yeah, yeah. I never knew the genre. Yeah. Now I know. Narrative rock. There you go. You guys, the Mountain Goats, McCluskey, they're all in there. Hey, uh, thanks everyone who's been listening to this. Thanks everyone who's been uh, donating to the Patreon. Uh, there's a new episode up every Monday of the new podcast, Top 5. Hey, thanks for playing. I'll see you next time. Bye. Oh, pleasure. Bye. Bye. Really fun. Good day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. (laughs) We used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.